You know the things that touch your 80s music. Prince. No, are you kidding? Not even close. One hit wonder. You have no idea. Do, do I, I not know help the words. Her. No, I, I need a lifeline. Justin, talk to me. Ready for the world. He doesn't even know the answer either. I just gave you the answer. What's it called? One world? I can hear I, you. I mean, Justin was talking are to you, me. Are you in studio with me or ready for the world is the band? Re- oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Ready for the world. Doing my American bandstand impersonation. And now ready for us is Sheila Weinberg. She is the founder of Truth and Accounting, uh, housed here in Chicago, tries to uh, get government to do the impossible, which is uh, follow legitimate accounting standards. So we have a real understanding of uh, city, state finances. They've issued a new report. By the way, this example of what I'm talking about, we had wow. earlier in the week, or no, last week, Bill Bergman, who's at Truth and Accounting. Remember, we talked about the Sun-Times, it, the Sun-Times is, 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 is erroneous reporting on CPS's finances. Oh, right. Last year, CPS, because they put out in a press release, had a $324 million surplus. Wrong. If you actually do what Bergman did We're and look right, at yeah. their statement of net position, it was minus $800 million. So the Sun-Times reporting was off by just a billion dollars because they don't have a reporter who can read a balance sheet and or has enough intellectual curiosity to ask an actual accounting professional if what the C- if what CPS is putting out in their propaganda is backed up by the numbers. So this is the importance of an organization like Truth and Accounting. They've issued a new report today, out today, on the cities. They looked at uh, 75 of the largest cities in America. That would include Chicago still. Maybe not for much longer. And uh, looked at whether or not they have the available resources to keep all of their financial promises. I think you know where this goes as it pertains to Chicago. But for more on this, Sheila Weinberg joins us now. Sheila, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Dan. I didn't know the song either, Amy. Okay. Well, Thank you. We're, we're, you're in good company. When it comes to 80s music, uh, I have no peer. So, I mean, don't feel bad, ladies. Uh, all right. So here's the thing, uh, Sheila. 75 of the cities, uh, the, the largest cities in the country. Uh, where does Chicago stand? Uh, how do Chicago taxpayers sit? Well, the good news is Chicago is second from the last uh, with New York City being the first, uh, but keep in mind, there's always a but, uh, Chicago's numbers do not include the school district and the park district, um, where New York, their schools are included in theirs. Um, so probably once you add all those up, Chicago would be worse again. Um, but uh, in this study where we're look, just looking at the government entity by itself, Chicago comes out last, um, receiving an F grade, and each each taxpayer just has to send $36,000 down to City <laughs> Hall, and we would be back in back even. Well, I still, I mean, how did we get to this point? It is things like we were talking about with CPS, where the government's claimed surpluses. Chicago has balanced, quote, balanced its budgets for years, and they have to by state law. Um, but they do, um, you know, phony in-run type accounting where they just do not include all of their costs. Um, you know, they they can balance their checkbook by, but they they balance their checkbook, but they put money onto their pension and retiree health care credit card debt. And uh, it, we uh, talked to Ed Backrack, who's uh, 
co-authored a new book called The New Chicago Way. Talked to him last week. He's got an event tomorrow at Union League Club. I think Truth and Accounting is uh, sponsoring. Yeah, I think I think the uh, people at City Hall were uh, able to uh, get weather so bad that people aren't going to. Uh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, right. right. Pick the wrong day. Well, but one of, one of the things uh, Ed says, and I like the way he says this because it's different than sometimes the way we want to talk about this about cutting this and cutting that. His point is, hey, look, uh, you want this level and expensive government? Fine. But just understand you've been paying, you know, 60 cents on the dollar for the government that you've been getting, the government you say you want, all of the benefits, the salary levels, the pension levels, the services. So if you want this much government, fine. But but you got to, you know, double your property taxes in order to pay down the unfunded pension liabilities, for example. That would not get me reelected if I proposed to actually pay for the size of government that I, I'm, I'm giving to the people. But, but, but I mean, isn't that, a, isn't that a good way to put it? This isn't about, like, if you want government this big and you want all these goodies and these salary levels, hey, that's fine. Just understand here's the actual cost of it. Right. And that, no, it's a perfect way to put it. And, and that is why, again, you have a balanced budget requirement. So you have to pay for the level of government that you're getting. Um, and, and also that would that would mean that you could hold the elected officials accountable because I could go ahead and go hold it. I might not want to. Why am I paying so much in taxes? Um, um, I and then people might go, oh, well, that's because government costs so much. But you know, they've been in this false sense of la la land that you know, oh, well, the budget's balanced. I really don't have to pay that much in taxes. Everything is good. I'll go ahead and re uh, reelect these people. So, you know, beyond the numbers, it's not just a numbers game. It, we're hurting our representative form of government because the citizens have not been able to be knowledgeable participants in their government. When they went to the voting booth, they voted for people assuming that the budget was balanced and everything was fine. And uh, they uh, paid a level of taxes that um, might have gotten these people reelected. So, you know, forget the numbers. We've been, uh, we've been uh, you know, locked out of the uh, financial decision making process. So then what happened when the what what happens when the bills come due? I mean we don't have a the, money fairy to just drop us billions of dollars. But the bills are already coming due, you know. Um pro- the mayor, you know, he did make the people start to pay for it. He he raised property taxes and those still aren't going to be enough. So they're already coming due. Um you know, the uh, the employees are um you know getting lifeboats, uh, you know, they're securing their seat on the lifeboat. They got a law passed that, this, you know, that they, they can go to the um, state comptroller and say, hey, my pensions aren't getting uh, funded properly, uh, withhold some of those state grants. Um, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, the, the light, you know, we're already where, you know, bad things are happening. Well, and just uh, by way of comparison, too, to give sort of uh – Order of magnitude. So Chicago, as Sheila said, $36,000 per taxpayer, right, to uh, bring us into even. Houston, which is a city as big as Chicago, with as much diversity as Chicago, eleven three. So Chicago, more than 3x Houston's uh, essentially uh, debt per capita. Uh, so this is this. So big cities, uh, in some respects, are uh, not performing as well and have more complicated budgets and demands than do smaller cities but there's a big city like houston that has a very different uh, net position than chicago 
Yeah, you know, and some people are like, well, Chicago's an older city, so maybe that's it. But, you know, yeah, but they should have been funding these, and the mayor and the council should have been, you know, making people pay for the size of government they got, you know, from the beginning of time. Um, you know, but they've been doing, um, you know, fictitious accounting. That's why we're proposing um, fact-based accounting, uh, which you can go on to our website under resources, and try to get some of the rules changed on how this uh, accounting and budgeting is done. Um, uh, I wanted to, to play a clip from Bill Daly over the weekend on with Mike Flannery on Fox Chicago. This is a Bill Daly's a big idea on pensions. It's not new, but it's worth noting that I would say he's the front runner right now. So what's the front runner saying on pensions? Look, I don't think any of us think about a legacy. We think of the job we try to do, the life we I'm not in favor of, of solving this problem on the backs of the retirees, nor on the backs of the taxpayers. It has to be together. But as long as the Constitution is what it is, we cannot have an honest negotiation to change years. that. So, uh, Sheila, so he's saying, well, you know, change the provision of the Constitution. He doesn't want to put it on the backs of retirees or the backs of taxpayers. I think he's running out of backs. Yeah, yeah, we've we've completely run out of backs. Well, he did mention, you know, to put it on both of them um, and, you know, change, you know, the way the Constitution is written, that once you're hired, um, then you get the pension that, that is in place from that day forward, no matter whether the government can afford it, um, whether, you know, if they do benefits enhancements, you get those. And the government can't go, oh, well, you know, we don't have enough money that we're, you know, the taxpayers don't want to pay, uh, you know, more and more taxes to cover these. The way the state constitution is written, you can't go back and change it. Um, and, you know, Arizona had a constitutional clause just as, have, uh, as hard as ours is. Um, and what happened was what is happening in other local governments, it happened in Evanston the last time they did their budget, was they said, well, we're going to have to lay off firefighters. We're going to have to lay off police officers um, because we can't afford the pensions. And this, finally, that brought the unions to the table to, um, you know, get a constitutional uh, amendment. But what's going on in Chicago is they're coming up with, um, you know, different schemes to push the can down the road. Let's let's reamortize the debt. Let's do a pension bond, pension bond um, you know, instead of addressing the problem uh, now. So Chicago police, fire teachers, basically all in the same boat. They put about, uh, actually teachers are a little bit better because they've got uh, CPS, the taxpayers that pick up two-thirds of their contribution. But essentially, here's the deal. 30 years of service, they put about 140 grand in, grand in and they get $2.1 million back, guaranteed. <laughs> so uh, forget the private sector for a second because obviously that's just a fairy tale in the private sector. Uh, these other cities, 75 cities you looked at, does anybody else do that where they've got the, those kind, that kind of contribution in for that kind of guarantee out? I don't know that specifically, Dan, but it's just a part of this accounting scheme where it's like, well, instead of paying the employees more where we would have had to maybe raise taxes or cut services, in order to do that, um, they just, you know, did this accounting scheme that allowed them to push it on to future um, taxpayers. And so that's why we believe fact-based accounting and budgeting is so important. Let's get the general fund accounted for properly um, so the citizens really know how much government costs. Um, and, you know, instead they've done all these accounting schemes and, you know, 
at truthandaccounting.org, we have this fact-based budgeting outline, and we're trying to get the accounting and budgeting games uh, changed. She is Sheila Weinberg, founder of Truth and Accounting. Truthandaccounting.org is the website, as she said. And their uh, State of the Cities report is out today. Take a look at it. Sheila, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, Dan and Amy. And she joined us on our turnkey.pro answer lines. You're listening to Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. I'm